We are applying the chapters of Genesis, and we're into Genesis chapter 46. Really interesting chapter. Uh, I would say that Genesis chapter 45 is the big climactic chapter, but 46 is kind of an extension of that climax. Uh, it, it's really good stuff. Well, let's just jump in there. You'll appreciate this. All right, here's the five questions. If you're part of the School of Biblical Studies, or if you're just receiving this uh, to uh, study on your own, here are the five questions that I use, leading questions that you can use to set yourself up and to, to kind of follow along, if you will, fill in the blanks that will help you to, to remember the material better. Screenshot that, we will move into the sermon. Got it? Here we go. All right, by way of introduction, I want to actually pedal to the last chapter that we saw last time and show you the conclusion of that. 26 through 28 of chapter 45, and they told him Joseph is still alive. The brothers have gone home, and they are talking to Daddy, to Jacob. Jacob has thought all these years that his son had been torn to bits by an animal. He's been dead, long gone, and he's grieved about this. But all of a sudden, now they're coming home with this report. No, we found him. He is not dead. He's actually in Egypt. Joseph is still alive, and guess what? He is the ruler over all the land of Egypt. you got to be kidding <laughs> Jacob is like, what? And his heart became numb. That is, Jacob's heart became numb, as you can imagine. And he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of their father, of Jacob, revived. I do believe you. My son's alive. And he rules Egypt? This can't get any better. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is alive. I will go and see him before I die. Which is actually pretty literal. Uh, he is going to take the long journey down there, and then he, shortly thereafter, at least as far as Scripture portrays it, he, he's going to pass away. All right, now that's the introduction. Okay, now let's move into our chapter today. In chapter 46, as we bounce through this, I'm going to use this as our theme for this lesson. From Jacob to Israel. I just recently completed a series uh, actually, earlier this year, I completed a series on J from Jacob to Israel, and it was all about the progression of his m maturing, the maturation process of Jacob as he 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 leaves home, being basically driven out of camp, if you will, by the threat of death, and uh, he spends all that time away from his mom, etc. So Mary, he's a very much a mama's boy. Remember all that? Well, as we move into chapter forty-six. I want you to see the climax of Jacob's life. Now, right up to this point, we've been talking about Joseph primarily, but chapter 46 is really about Jacob. Jacob's, the climax, the pinnacle of his life here is that as he's about to die, he's going to look over his shoulder and he's going to see how God has crazy blessed him. So much better than what it was when he started out this journey. And I got five points for you, so I'm going to have to move quickly. Point number one. So, Joe, so, excuse me, so Israel, that's Jacob, took his journey with all that he had, and he came to Beersheba, and he offered sacrifices to God, to the God of his father Isaac. So, Jacob is leaving Canaan to go down to Egypt, where Joseph is going to take care of his dad and his whole family. But on his way, daddy, Jacob, is going to stop and he's going to worship. I'm going to suggest to you that as we review... It's a better exit than what he had in the past. Remember how he left home earlier on? He's actually being driven out of camp, as I've already said, basically because his older brother wants to kill him, you know, and Mama has to connive this, connive this plan of how you're going to go stay with my brother, uh, Laban, and all that kind of, you know. And so it, but now, as he's leaving home, 
to go down to Egypt because of the famine, it's a much better exit. Much better exit. So much so that he is going to stop and he's going to remember the God that has protected him all of these years, through all the ups and downs and the turmoil of his life, God has always been been with him. So it's so much a better exit. But it's also a better companion. He's going to find himself so much, how shall I say this, in, in such a better condition as far as partnership is concerned, comfort is concerned. Remember, Jacob was a mama's boy, and uh, he, he he loved his mama, and his mama is the one who connives all these various things about how she's going to get him to be the, the number one child in, in the family and all of those kind of things. But uh, Jacob eventually has to leave camp, as I've already said, and there's no indication in Scripture that I've ever found that he actually sees Mama again. She evidently dies while he's gone. And so it's really pretty sad. As he walks down the path, glancing over his shoulder repeatedly, no doubt, at Mama, who's waving tears in her eyes, all of those kind of things probably, and uh, he's leaving. But in the course of that journey, he discovers a better companion. Now, that, that better companion is, is not going to be known to him real well at first. He's going to make sacrifices to God, etc., etc. But after all these years have transpired, and now he's an old man, Jacob, and now he's coming down to see his son, Joseph, who's ruler over Egypt, he has to think to himself, I've got such a better companion. And notice what God says to him as he stops in Beersheba, he's making the sacrifices, God's going to speak to him. And he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you. Now, this really isn't a change, because God himself went with Jacob when he left camp as a, earlier as a young man. He left camp and he went off to Uncle Laban's house. God was with him that entire journey as well. But the thing that's different now is that he, Jacob, recognizes the companionship better. And at this point, the last real trip that he's going to take, God says, I'm going to make this journey with you also. I've always thought it very comforting to hear people say that at the close of life, that Jesus will take their hand as they cross over Jordan. We see even sing songs about that, etc. If you've been faithful to God, even at the end, he will be your companion. And God will say even to you, I will go down with you. I will make this journey with you. Now, you and I aren't going to Egypt, thank but you and I are going to the other side, and it, it's, it's scary. We don't know what's over there at times. But our confidence is in our companion. Jacob has found a better companion. Number three, also he has found a better entrance. <clears throat> so as he comes into Egypt, it says, Then Jacob set out from Beersheba after he's done the sacrifices. God's talked to him. The sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, their little ones, their wives, in the wagon that Pharaoh had sent to carry them. Uh, that's pretty awesome. So Pharaoh, <coughs> excuse me, Pharaoh has sent wagons. And those wagons, which we saw indicated earlier on, those wagons are really the, one of the things that convinced Jacob that maybe Joseph really is alive. Pharaoh sends these wagons, no doubt the best kind of wagons they had in Egypt, and he sent these wagons to bring Jacob down to Joseph in Egypt. And so it's, let's review, it's such a better entrance. Now, again, remember when Jacob comes home from being away all those years with Uncle Laban, when he comes home, he's scared to death, is he not, of his brother. 
because he doesn't know whether Esau still wants to kill him or not. And Esau shows up, what is it, like 400 men or something like that? And he's thinking to himself, oh dear. And so he divides up the company, etc., thinking that, you know, we're all going to get slaughtered. They don't get slaughtered, but he enters, he comes back home, he enters in fear. This entrance is different. Pharaoh himself has sent wagons to bring us down here. It's not just a better exit, a better companion, a better entrance, but it's also a better discernment. 46 and 28, it says that as they're approaching, Jacob sends Judah ahead of him to, jo to Joseph to send uh, to show the way into Goshen. And so he's going to say to, Je to Judah, he's going to say, I need you to go talk to your, your, your little brother uh, and tell him, <laughs> we don't have any GPS. How are we supposed to figure out where we're going and get us directions? The thing that I find interesting about this is you remember that Judah is the fourth born. Uh, and Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. And so he's not the firstborn. And we've already had the discussion as to why Jacob passes over those first three and the perverse things that they were engaged in and all that kind of thing. But Judah, it seems, has now become the leader of the family, at least at this point. Now, jo Joseph's going to be that when they get to Egypt, it seems. But Judah is the one. And so there's, let's review, there's better discernment. Remember the decisions that Jacob made early in life when he was fleeing the camp and all that, or even before he's fleeing the camp? He was very selfish didn't make good choices. But he's grown up, hadn't he? He's moved from Jacob to Israel. A, a name given to him in honor by God. And then lastly, notice that he also has a better bucket list. I really love this. Then Joseph prepared his chariot, went up to meet his father, Israel, his father in Goshen. He presented himself to him, fell on his neck, and he wept on his neck a good while. I can imagine. What a reunion that would have been. Israel said to Joseph, now let me die, since I have seen your face and know that you are still alive. Jacob has gotten to a point where life is not so much about him as it is about others. It's not so much about what he can get as it is relationships. And in this particular case, with regards to Joseph, his little boy, has it's been discovered that he's not dead. He hasn't been torn apart by a wild beast. All these years that I thought he was gone forever, he's not. He's alive, and he's been blessed by my God to the point that he's now ruler over Egypt. Wow. And so Jacob has a much better bucket list. <clears throat> if we had gone back in Jacob's life, just prior to him being run out of camp, what would have been in his bucket list? Somehow i got to steal the number one position from my brother Esau. That's in his bucket list. But notice now, as he's about to close out his life, physically speaking. Notice what's number one on his bucket list. I want my boy. I want my boy to be okay. And as long as I know my boy's okay, then I can go off to my creator. I can go off to my God. And he's excited about that. So when you consider what is taking place here, this is pretty awesome. As you review the life of Jacob, and you see the transition to a point that he can now be called, in great honor, Israel, a name that lasts to this very day, you see some of what has taken place here towards the conclusion. His maturity, his journey with God has led him to a place where he's had a better exit, a better companion, a better entrance, a better discernment, and now a better bucket list. His life is full. His life has been complete. And I guess my application to you is, <clears throat> when you reach those moments, 
closing moments, last moments, about to draw some of your final breaths. Can you say that your bucket list is arranged appropriately? I can't tell you the number of people I've talked with who were approaching that time when their bucket list just wasn't complete. And I, I just, I got to, I got to do this. I got to do that. I, they were, they were just clawing to stay in this realm, to stay in this world. Imagine being in a position where you didn't want to stay here, but you wanted to go there and be with the creator. If you can find that level of fulfillment, validation in your final moments, you can say, as Jacob said, now let me die. My bucket list, I've done it all. Everything's good. Let me go to my creator. That should be our goal in life. Here are the five questions we addressed during that sermon time. I think we did a pretty good job. Go ahead and screenshot that. Got him? 